Welcome to Doing the Most, the series where we talk about the misadventures of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, execution strategist and serial entrepreneur. This series is here to get real about what entrepreneurial life truly looks like. We are driven, persistent, hardworking, ambitious. We are human, and these are our stories. Welcome back to Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, and today we have Lisa Ely with us for another um, episode of the show. She's going to be telling us all about her entrepreneurial journey, who she is, and kind of how she has been exploring her misadventures and adventure as an entrepreneur. So Lisa, can you give me a little bit of your background, kind of what got you here as an entrepreneur? Sure. Um, So I'm Lisa Ely, and I'm known as the Six Figure Success Mentor. And I'm the CEO of Dare to Dream Careers, where we help spiritually minded professionals to land their dream jobs and live their dream lives. So one of the things is I believe in investing in yourself and investing in your business. And that's really the thing that helped me uh, to get to where I am. But I will tell you one of, one of the things about one of the biggest um, misadventures that I've personally had, and that is investing in the wrong thing without really fully understanding what I needed at the time and also not asking enough questions about what I was really buying. And let me say this, it was a multi-thousand dollar investment. And if you are an entrepreneur out there, or if you are really seeking help with you know, your biggest dream or your passion project or whatever that is, there are plenty of people who are awesome at what they do, who are great at what they do and can really help you. But then there are people out there, and I'm sure all of us can attest to this, who are not that. So it's embarrassing really to say um, at the end of the day, but it's something about, you know, I have this personal thing and maybe some of you can relate. It's about, I go after the shiny thing. I'm a creative as well in the sense that I like creating things. Um, However, um, in that, you know, the first kind of like thought is, oh, this is going to be awesome. It feels so good. You know, he or she is fabulous. Um, But then you start digging in and asking questions, um, and it's just not what you thought. And so for sure, for sure, I have learned a ton about um, investing my, my money, my dollars, my resources too soon um, and too quickly, right? <laughs> For sure. So that, that would definitely um, be it. And let me say this. So it was once that it happened, but that wasn't the only time. Um, I think the other thing for me is another misadventure is the timing of things. So sometimes, you know, we, we learn about something or we learn about a course or we learn about maybe it's a tool or system, you know, that someone else is using, but where they are in their, you know, whether it's their job search, their passion project, their entrepreneur, um, or even something that you might need around your home, it just might not be the right time for you. So I've also, ooh, shamefully so, invested in things 
that I never even used. So let me say this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this real simple. How many of us out there have bought outfits? Um, we have dresses and suits and shoes and purses, excuse me, that still have tags on it and we've never used. It's the same, right? It's because for whatever reason, that shiny thing that we saw, we really wanted it at that moment. And then, you know, we kind of decided that um, we didn't want it anymore and we have no use of it. So um, I have done that a ton. Yeah, so I'm going I'm to take a little poke at you. I want you to give me some specifics. All right. So you said the time where, you know, you invested in something and like spent like a lot of money on it and it didn't turn out. Uh, could you share with us like what that specific thing was that you invested the money on and, you know, kind of like what happened with that? Like what, what was it that you spent the, the, the money on and like how long did it take for you to realize like, ooh, that was too early. That was too wrong. And like, was it years later? Like, yeah. Yeah, no, it was actually, yeah, <laughs> it was actually last year and it was a marketing branding campaign. And I'm going to give you the exact number. It was $6,000. And I'm not, and I'm not saying, I, and I'm not saying that for some people, that's not a lot of money. Um, and I'm not saying that it's a ton of money. Um, but what I'm saying is, is what I ultimately thought I was going to get never happened. And I would say about mm, the, the, the project lasted about four months. And I would say about a month and a half in is when I realized. So I mean, this is like really funny. But, um, you, know, mo you know, let me say this, most black women, women of color, have what we call, you know, some shape, a curve at the end of the day. So that is my ideal audience is a, is a woman of color. And when some of the advertisements came back to attract people to the campaign, to the course that I was doing and to change my brand um, management, the person that was selected literally was like a stick figure. And I was like, who is that? Right. And I'm not saying that but what I'm saying is, is that that's just not the average um, woman of color, right? So even when we are more uh, slim, we still, what I know about Black women um, and women of color is that we have a shape. And when I saw the picture, I was like, this person has no idea who I am and what I represent at the end of the day. And it just became like a running joke um, from that standpoint. Um, and I always say it's better when you pick a variety because the thing I love about us as women of color um, and people of color is that we come in every shade and variety. So why not take advantage of that? Um, all different kinds of hairstyles and that kind of thing. But literally, um, you know, looking back, let me say this, even all of that, um, is the fact that it wasn't an ultimate failure because I learned a lot from it. The second thing I will say is this, is that I feel uh, a certain way more about my time than I actually do about the money. And that makes fun because my time that I invested in making this work, I can never get back. The investment that I made in the dollars 
money is a renewable resource. So I can do an offer. I can do a lot of different things. I could sell some of that stuff <laughs> that I bought that I never even wore and get my money back. But the time that I invested and that I lost, and maybe even in some case, part of that wasted, I can never get back, right? So the lesson learned for me is that yes, I was sad and still sad about the dollars, but more sad about the time and the fact that I wasn't able to reach um, who I really am called to reach. Yep. And, and I just want to like reiterate what you said about time, right? Like it took me a while um, on my entrepreneurial journey to really look at time as like the truest currency. And like the, once I realized that, you know, I started seeing like a lot of content and people talking about it, like Oprah talks about it a lot, Tony Robbins, like a lot of these big speakers and professionals and people that, you know, have been in the industry for a while. Um, they really focus on time being like the only real currency, you know, money, like you said, money is always renewable. You'll get that back. But it's like, once the time is gone, there's nothing you could do about that. Once you, you know, your birthday hits there, there's no going back to two years old. There's no going back. Oh, I'm going to be 18 again. And so just recognizing that and figuring out how can I be more effective with my time, even if something doesn't make me specifically more money or lose, gain more money or lose more money or gain, lose less money. It's just like, how can I properly invest time? Cause that's the only currency that belongs directly to you right money is again interchangeable so I really like that you brought that up and another thing is like the brand not aligning right so we see certain people will be selling things and then they you know they might appeal to you but then when it's like time to deliver like what happened in this case it was just like a completely miss of vision and miss of like synergies because like just by looking at your site, looking at, you know, the people that you've worked with, looking at your content, you know, it should have been clear that that's not the image that you were going for, but this company couldn't see that. And I think, and then that's where we dive into experiences. So everyone's life experiences and every company's life experiences are going to dictate what they see and what they think is, um, should be like the output. So, you know, if I, you, you and I could look at the same exact picture, the same exact words, and you take it one way and I take it a completely different way. And then we'll start talking about it. And I'm just like, whoa, how did you get that from that? It's not that it means this. And so just acknowledging that and finding people in places where you can have synergy. So now I want to ask you about how did you get started on this entrepreneurial journey? Like what got you into being a coach and what did you do before that? Yeah, no. So let me say this, um, you know, when people become what we call an overnight success, you think it's really overnight, but it's not. So I have been on this entrepreneur journey way longer than I ever really realized even. So literally, this is my fourth business that I've owned. I actually started in my 20s. The first business I ever had was a mobile nail business. And I'm not even gonna tell you how long ago that was. But I'm going to share some, some insights. And then, and, I, and it was just a bug that I had uh, to be able to do more. Um, I, like I said, I've always been a creative and thinking about things and how can I help and serve other people. And that really came out of just someone asking me in a need. Um, at the time, of course, when we first graduated from college, like I had 
somehow, you know, our tastes and what we need and desire in our lives, the kind of place we want to live in, the kind of car we want to drive, and the places we want to spend our time at, you know, don't really match with that, like, first income. And then from there, it just really came to, I wasn't being totally fulfilled in my primary um, role in, in, in the workplace. So I went to school in undergrad for accounting um, and business management and then worked a few years in the treasurer's office um, at a nonprofit. From there, went back to school, literally quit my job, went back to school, got a master's degree and got a much better, higher paying position, but still wasn't fulfilled. I ended up in human resources and I began to get asked all the time about you know, my daughter, my son, can you look at my resume? Can you give me some advice? And literally it started for free. I used to do what I do now for pay for free. Um, and then I did that for a while. We relocated to the East Coast. We now live outside of our nation's capital in Washington, DC. And again, just kept getting asked that question. I'm gonna share something with you and I promise me you won't tell anybody. But All right, I won't. <laughs> Guys, don't tell anybody. <laughs> when I turned 50, almost three years ago, it was something about that age. It was a big milestone age. And I said, it's got to be different. I need to give more. I want more. Um, I desire more. I desire to be at a different level. So I went and embarked on a journey uh, to really invest in me. And I went to a conference and... In that conference, there was an offer made to launch your business in 90 days. And I was like, this is it. Like, literally, this is it. Because I was like, I felt like I knew what I wanted to do, but it was some things and pieces missing. So I did that. I made an investment in myself. And I actually um, created the premises of Dare to Dream. And from there, in about six months, it grew um, to a place where I was able to resign from my full-time position and become a full-time entrepreneur. And so it really just came from me listening to the voice on the inside and realizing that I had so much more to give and share. Um, and now I can look back um, at the you know hundreds of people in Dare to Dream that we have helped um, to define um, and to pursue and to manifest their dream career and dream life. Um, and it's been an amazing journey. I love that. And I, and I definitely want to highlight that because um, the age thing. Why? Because people don't believe me when I tell them this, that a big chunk of my customers that I help, you know, get like execution strategy and launch businesses and finish their books and like get it done or actually around that like, 45 to like 55 age like that time is like um I think that time and just in everyone's life like 50 is like a big milestone and it gets people thinking you know what am I doing right like is this something am I doing what I want to do or is it like is there something that I've wanted to do for a long time that I haven't gotten done whether it's like I said like writing a book starting a podcast you know um launching a business and just getting people excited and helping them through that hump is like one of the things that I truly love and I call myself like a um 
translator, like an age translator, because like growing up, like the the I lived around like a lot of family that were older than me, so I knew how to kind of slow it down a beat or speed it up where I needed to, depending on who I was communicating with. And so I learned like really good communication skills to be able to talk to whether it's like a two year old or. If, 20 year old or a 50 year old on a level where they could understand. And I think that's like a missing part of a lot of people's um, transactions. Like they'll go in and like, they'll be so focused on millennials and then they'll, Oh, you know, that person's too old or that person's like aged out or that person's too young. And they'll focus on this like one group and all their content is on it. But then other groups really would benefit for, from that content if they could just translate it into saying hey this is how it's done or you know learning their language learning the language that best works for different customers so and I think you know it's a huge market like right now like that population of like the folks that are between like again like that 45 to 55 age they the technology that's you know enabling like millennials and gen z to start businesses and side hustles that same technology is now available to the older generation that had dreams when they were over age but then they you know realistically they had to put them on hold because just the times are different so just recognizing that for everyone the time is different and um i'm gonna drop a gem for you guys these young kids don't got no money <laughs> and like a lot of like the more older generations they have worked they know what one day have more clarity oftentimes they know what they want they know what they're going after and they have like the funds to kind of fund their dream kid straight out of college like you just said has these big dreams small bank accounts <laughs> and so just like understanding like that customer segment so I love that you know you guys have helped hundreds of people um with their to dreams so like one is what is like one of the biggest challenges that have come along since you know you've committed to this um business like so you, you know you mentioned like the um the, the 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 marketing and branding um debacle but has there been any like other things like building your team um when it comes to kind of getting that mission and like that early stage after you did the 90-day program like what was that like and then what made you quit your job what what was the defining moment to make you quit your job Sure. So I'm going to talk about that first, the defining moment uh, and the boldness to be able to do it. So just like you said, one, I put myself in a place financially where I could invest in myself, right? Because I had saved and I had earned a certain amount uh, of income. And I'm grateful for that because that gave me some stability um, and the ability to take that chance as well. Because as you know, as an entrepreneur, nothing is promised at the end of the day, every dollar really counts and impressions that you make and all those things. So that was the first thing was, you know, having uh, uh, the stability of having some savings that, that um, in our family that we could use um, as well. The other thing is having a supportive um, family network. Um, and so my husband and I, my husband really, really have faith that this was the thing to do. What made me really um, resign my position was I felt like, um, and I do believe that um, me starting Dare to Dream and it kind of like just coming out of nothing literally was a gift from God. And I felt like the time was now to do it and that my history has been, um, it has not ever been hard for me to find a job. And so I just really felt like that it was pulling me forward and that there were people who needed to be served with what he gave me. 
Um, and it was so compelling and so clear. And I will say this, I was no longer passionate or interested um, in what I was doing at work in the nine to five. I just wasn't like, I just, my mind, my body, my spirit just was not there. And I wanted to honor the fact that, of course, they were paying me a really high salary, let me say. And I could not go to work and work on my business and be honest, right? So I really, I, you know, we prayed about it. Um, and I made a bold move. I went in and I resigned um, from that standpoint. And I've never looked back since. And I'm so glad. Uh, I think the other part of your question, if I recall, is a, is a little bit about um, maybe the challenges, right, that I faced. There is something that feels invasive about me having to show my face, like now, <laughs> and go live. I don't know what it is, and I, and I do think that it's an age thing as well because I feel like I want to um, preserve some of my, my privacy as well. And I don't want to reveal everything about myself. Um, and something about when you can see a person's eyes, you can see their body language a little bit, um, you can like peer into their soul. And it is something about that that is so challenging. Other, <laughs> the other thing I want to say is, is that when I go live, like, I don't want to just like talk about anything. Um, I want to have something significant to say because I am taking someone's time for them to listen to me for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, a half hour. And I want it to be valuable information that I am sharing from my overflow. And so those are the things that challenge me with, I'll be honest with you, um, with not going live as much. So that is, that's a challenge in the beginning and it continues to be a, a, a challenge. Um, but I've worked through it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Love that. Love that so much. So we're coming up on the end of our interview now. So I wanted to ask you two final questions. And the first one is like, what is some of your favorite things that, you know, ha being an entrepreneur has allowed you to do? You know, you have a plethora of experience as an entrepreneur, even though, and like, that's the thing about entrepreneurship, right? You could go in and you could go out, but once an entrepreneur, always an entrepreneur. So like, what are some of the favorite things that, you know, being an entrepreneur has allowed you to do from the early stages, as well as like now? Well, I would say one of the most favorite things I love about being an entrepreneur um, and this might might feel a little bit surprising. So um, when I worked in corporate, um, for most of my career, I worked in human resources. And whoever walked in my front door or in my office or called me, I had to help them because that was my job. Um, whether or not I thought they respected me, valued my opinion, um, you know, were, were willing to give me a seat at the table, trusted me or any of those things, or even if they may have made me feel uncomfortable um, because they were paying me to do a job and to make myself available um, to, to people. As an entrepreneur, I don't have to do that. So I get to decide um, who gets to work with me. And um, I don't decide with everyone who wants to work with me. And that is one of the things that I love the most. 
Um, so one of my philosophies as a person, as a human being in this life, is that I believe in peace going out and peace coming in. And so if the person cannot meet me and I can't meet them at their level need of making sure that we can be at peace with it, um, that I can literally, I know that I can help them, then I'm not going to work with them. Um, and it's certain types of energies that I do not allow in my presence any longer because of that. I get to literally say, just like you get to say, when I'm going to start my day, when I'm going to end it, um, I get to ensure that I am present for the most important people in my life, in my life, the people I hold near and dear, um, to be present for their significant milestones in their life as well. And then because my business is online, all I need is my headset um, and my Mac Pro book. <laughs> and I'm good. That's it, literally. Um, I will tell you, husband and I, um, we have grandchildren and they call me Nana. And my granddaughter says this, we only have one granddaughter and two grandsons. She says, she always knows where Nana is because Nana does business. <laughs> I can turn it on and turn it off and I can take, you know, appointments and discovery calls. I have control over my time and I can be present for the significant things um, in the people that I hold dear in their lives. And I get to decide who I'm going to work with. Love that. And so the final question now is, you know, what piece of advice would you like to leave with the audience? Um, you know, uh, it could be a thing, an actionable step for them to take, something that they should always remember. Just what piece of advice would you like to leave with them? Yeah, I'm going to tell you. So the whole core of my business is Dare to Dream. And at the end of the day, I believe that our dreams matter. Um, to dream so big that it scares you and dream even bigger than that. Um, and at the end of the day, do not be afraid to make the necessary investments, and I mean your dollars, in getting expert help to make it come to pass. Because there are no failures, we only learn and grow from everything. Make the investment in yourself to make it happen, because whatever it is you're dreaming, someone needs that and they're waiting for you on the other side so my advice is keep on dreaming and dare to dream thank you so 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 much for that lisa and you know you got me in the feelings i'm like i need to dream bigger like <laughs> Um, guys in the, that are listening to this or watching this, to check out the show notes in the comment section for um, Lisa's email, and not email, contact information. So her website, social media, how to reach out and find Lisa and work with her. So if you're out there daring to dream and you want to really get it done, Lisa is the perfect person to reach out to. So thank you guys so much for another episode of Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Doing the Most. Catch us here next week, same time, same place. If you can't wait, head on over to doingthemost.xyz to stay connected. Until next time, keep on doing.